This is Sunday Rewind on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Now, here are your hosts, Tom Stevens and Mike Melby. Welcome in, gang. I am Tom Stevens. That's Mike Melby. Jake Bachhoven is still here. Hello. Running the board. Uh, we normally would get to the starting gate and do our normal thing, but apparently something has happened yeah, it was big in and Husker water Nation. Polo. Oh, we're not going to do the water polo story? Okay, apparently, fine, we're, just, you know, uh, we're not doing the water polo stuff. Uh, so we'll, I guess, talk about the next big thing. Scott Frost, is, the era is over after four and a half years as head coach at Nebraska. We know the story. The son of a coach, Larry, who played for Bob Devaney. Carroll, a great athlete, was one of his football coaches as well. I mean, it was the perfect golden boy story, Scott Frost. Great high school player, went to Wood River, but then chose Bill Walsh and Stanford over Nebraska. So Nebraska fans were unsure. Then he comes back and he gets put on the practice squad and beat up by Grant Wistrom and Jay Foreman and those guys, but wins the job, but then gets booed, but then eventually wins the national title in 97. Of course, uh, goes to the NFL as a safety, dances around after a few years in the league of kicking around as a safety. Then he ends up you know, on Bill Snyder's staff at Kansas State, then ultimately with Chip Kelly at Oregon. And then uh, runs his own program at UCF, wins 13 games, National Coach of the Year. It's an easy hire for Nebraska when that job becomes available. Uh, I think we're all still, I, I still am, when I think about where he was at 13-0, National Coach of the Year like seven times over by all the media outlets, to 15-31, and 31, is it? or 16-31. Oh, that's right. I, he did win that game against North Dakota. I guess they gave, gave him credit for that. So 16-31, and 31, <laughs> um, and it's just mystifying. If, if you would have said that to me, Bach, I said, you're, you're, you're a nut job. You're crazy. Yeah. That never would have happened. That can't happen. But it, it's happened. He is, he's statistically the worst coach in Nebraska football history. Wow. You know, Maybe. The, the, I mean, in, yeah, in, going back right for, in recent, I mean, when you start from the 60s on, he yeah. definitely is. I have to go look and build, was it Bill Jennings? Bill Jennings. Uh, yeah, see what his record ended up the, being. What, it, what you said that you wouldn't have believed it if I would have said, Tom, you know what, four and a half years or four years and three games in, uh, Frost is going to be 16 and 31 and we're going to fire him. You wouldn't believe it. If you would have said that to me, I would have said, Tom, why was he still there coaching the last handful of games if he was 16 and 31? Because right. it doesn't make any sense because he's obviously not getting it done. Um, I, I, props to Trev Alberts for the way he handled this entire situation going back to July of 2021 when he was hired. You know, three days into his job, he's out there at a, at a press conference with Scott talking about potential NCAA violations. Like his first 14, 15 months on the job has not been easy. And I think Trev has handled all of it as best as he possibly could. And it's been the right way to handle it for all parties involved, regardless of whatever situation arose. And granted, there's, you know, we, we could have dropped the buyout by seven and a half million had he waited a couple more weeks. I think the investment of the $7.5 that we are going to have to pay out is worth it in the long run right. based on what if Mickey Joseph goes 7-2 and two in the final nine games? That he's your, if, he, if he's 7-2, he's your next coach, right? True, but, but, and that's the whole thing. If, if we would have waited until October 1st, and let's say we're 1-4 and four 
the season's done. At that, I mean, I, I don't think you could turn the ship around at that point. Right. And that, that was what one of the things that Trev Albert said in the press conference today, that Nebraska needed a new voice. We've all had that teacher that after a while you just tune out. Uh, and it's obvious that the players have tuned him out or did tune him out. And Nicky doesn't seem like a coach that you could tune out. Maybe you could, you know, well, you, maybe you could run away or leave the program or, um, you know, get away from him somehow. But I don't, I don't see Mickey as being a guy that you just tune out. I mean, and maybe it happens to all coaches at some point um, because it's a very difficult well, profession. But I, I, I don't know that I'm going to say Mickey Joseph has a great chance to be the next coach of Nebraska football. But I'm anxious to see what he can do because I do think he's a great coach. Is he a great head coach? I don't know. And I don't know if it's a fair assessment either. I mean, you're throwing him, you know, going into yeah. the Oklahoma week. He's got to get this thing turned around. So, it, it, you know, it's not necessarily fair, but I'm sure he's excited to take it because, if I mean, you know, this is a possibility. If he can, uh, you know, get them to a bowl, maybe a l- little bit more than that, um, he's going to have to be – he's going to be a real player in this thing. And I, and I, I can't help but think, like, if they beat Oklahoma, step it up. I mean, then, then like he's legit. Right now, we're kind of talking about it, and it's kind of like, yeah, maybe With he'll this have a defense. chance. Yeah, <laughs> but if you beat Oklahoma, then all of a sudden you're going, no. man, this guy like is a legitimate right guy right. that but, could be a, end up being the coach. So, so, but fairness of the situation aside, mm-hmm. it's an opportunity. Yeah. I, I don't care what the situation you are. If you're ever presented with an opportunity to make a name for yourself, to, to, to get your boss gets fired and, and it, the big presentation is next Tuesday, you have one day to prepare and get ready and give that presentation. That's not fair. But guess what? You go out, you kick ass on that presentation. You're the boss because and, you did it. Yeah. The, the fairness of this situation to Mickey Joseph, you know what? You know what's fair? He's the head coach. And, 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 Rebecca earlier today said it's his to lose. Yeah, and he doesn't strike me as a guy that's going to run from the task. No. I mean, he's going to run to it. Um, and he might make mistakes, I, but I don't think he has a f- – I mean, that whole that whole philosophy of Scott Frost, no fear of failure, I think he actually lives that way. Mickey Joseph really is one of the coaches that does live it and always kind of has. Um, obviously, good pedigree. His brother has been a really good coach. But neither of them, you know, van- head coaches – uh, and you just wonder, you know, I think he's he has that pedigree. I mean, the receivers seem to love him and respond to him. And you don't have Trey Palmer at Nebraska, certainly, if he's not here. I don't think you have some of the performances that you've had uh, without the demands that he makes. And again, I don't think it's easy to play for him because I think mm, there might be a few guys still on the roster um, if, it, if they were easier to play for. But can you – I think – Motivating a, a core group, a receiver core group, or a running backs core, or linebackers, is different from the whole team, reaching the whole team. Because I think, you know, if Scott Frost had, for example, a really good relationship with Adrian Martinez for a long time, until maybe he didn't. Um, but, uh, and you have that relationship when you're with that group every day. How do you stay connected to an entire team? How do you motivate a defensive side of the ball that is so lousy and you don't talk to those guys all the time. You know I mean cuz you, you never have really. I mean in some cases you might have to have to learn some names uh to to really speak to this entire team. That said, do you, I I don't think that's going to be a problem for Mickey Joseph. The way he relates to players, the way he recruits, the way he truly cares and has conversations with them one-on-one about life not football. Right. What what 
people that have been recruited by him say, I, to me, this is just him simply going, okay, if there are guys on this um, team he doesn't know, he's just going to go be himself. Yeah, We all know the Jamar Chase oh, yeah. story, the recruited story where he hung on the line with him after he was committed to wherever wherever he was committed to, and Mickey just wouldn't <laughs> leave him alone. <laughs> I think it was like uh, Georgia coming or Clemson coming for a visit, and he knew if he kept the recruit on the phone – that he would have him, and uh, and he and he got him. He got Jamar Chase uh, to commit to LSU, and probably a big reason. I mean, they don't win a national title without Jamar Chase. Joe Burrow certainly helped out, but that's another story of the Frost era, the Joe Burrow story, yeah. the evaluation of talent, the fact that you saw a Luke McCaffrey as a quarterback, and you didn't see Joe Burrow as a quarterback yeah. that could that could well, win the job, and that was kind of the story of the Frost era to me. Playing the uh, SEC's leading receiver at running back for a few years. Right. I mean, it just, yeah. I mean, Which is something that wouldn't happen, I don't think, quite as often with a Mickey Joseph. Yeah, I just I just think hindsight looking back at Scott Frost era, now that it's concluded, um, it's it's just as ugly as maybe you thought it was in the middle of it. Yeah. Um, and that's going to be kind of frustrating. I did want to I would I did want to say this um, because some people on the text line are asking about it. You guys remember Lars Anderson? Oh yeah, that yeah. name do. Oh yeah, for the, uh, Sports Illustrated writer for that's a while. right. And he had he was basically all over the UCF Scott Frost right. Nebraska thing. Uh, he tweeted out recently. Let's see. Uh, about uh, about a half an hour ago now, uh, news. I've never claimed to be a breaking news person, but here we go. Iowa State head coach Matt Campbell is the primary target of NUAD. Trev Albert sources tell me it is highly expected that Campbell will eventually be the next head coach of Husker Football Nation. So if you were missing Lars Anderson or you thought maybe, hey, it's been at right. least a few hours uh, yeah. of, of a head coaching vacancy, where's Lars Anderson? There he is. I remember right before Mike Riley was hired, Jim Trestle, according to sources. It wasn't Lars, yeah. but we had sources at one time. It's going to be Trestle. That's right. You watch. Sweater of course, season. he had a show cause, so you couldn't hire Jim Trestle at that point. I mean, it would have been really costly to do so. Would either of you guys be happy with the Matt Campbell? I think it's it's weird because when I look at these different lists um, that people are putting together, you kind of think of your own names I feel like I I feel like I'm just as lost as the Nebraska football program. Not just because there's so many names that I'd be okay with and happy with. I, I remember at one point in time, uh, I'd have a list down to like three or four. You know, if I if I was really like I want my guy. Who's at the top of your? But list? after going after not going to a bowl game, I look at a lot of these names and I go, I think they'd be all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I, I'd like somebody that wins, but you, I mean, like. A Lance Leipold sounds good, yeah, uh, but really. it's hard to know. You know, it, you did nicely at Buffalo. Uh, you're winning now at Kansas two and zero, and a nice win over West Virginia. But does it fit at Nebraska? I mean, Mike Riley always wanted Oregon State, but that was perfect for him. That was, <laughs> here and there, I mean, he would, but that was always considered great. Hey, Kansas, if you win nine yeah. games, that'll last any coach for you know three or four years. In some cases, that was the same thing at Oregon State. Like if you win nine games. You're good. You know, just do that every three or four years. And that was kind of what we got from Mike Riley. But I want I want somebody more like Matt Campbell that took Iowa State, a perennial doghouse type team, oh, yeah. and a bad year for them is seven wins. And I never thought growing up that Iowa State could be that good. Yeah. And that's a solid program now. And it took him seven years, but he finally beat Iowa. Yeah. So <laughs> as tough as it was to do for him <laughs> yesterday, he did. Um, I would be, I, you know, Matt Campbell's fine. It, he's been kind of the name that's lingered around Nebraska. I don't love the offense. It's a pro style. Years. I don't love the pro style offense yeah. at Iowa State. 
Uh, I always, I always want Brett Bielema back. That that probably be my personal yeah. favorite because I think he um, partially is bringing back the blueprint that Barry Alvarez took with him mm-hmm. to Wisconsin. He's the heir apparent to right. Barry Alvarez, so I would think, you know, that's kind of getting your blueprint back. But um, there, there, there's just all sorts of names that you, that you wonder if they're going to come open. You know, kind of look at the yeah. Carolina Panthers job to see if Matt Rule is going to stick around. I've heard uh, kind of rumors around right. that name. So there's just so many names right now. And as you begin this search, Trev Albert said it too, is I'm, I'm going to be talking to football people. So guys, don't get too excited when you hear Trev talk to this guy or that right. guy because I'm reaching out to people. Didn't he say, though, characters on his list? And it yeah. made me think, oh, okay, Urban Meyer might be off. Yeah. I mean, I he, think he said a few things that you kind of read between the yeah. lines on. Like uh, we want them to fit the culture, somebody that fits the values of Nebraska. It just made me think, oh, or Urban yeah. Meyer is certainly off, and maybe a Matt Campbell would be on that list. Uh, and you heard, I have heard the rumors that Matt Campbell maybe had been close uh, with Nebraska before they decided to restructure the contract and make the buyout lesser uh, and yeah. less, and maybe you know some bigger boosters stepped in and made that decision for. What Trev did Alberts, didn't Jamie Pollard direct like take a shot at Nebraska yes. when he re-signed yeah. Matt yeah. Campbell? Yeah, I don't know. And, and he did sign a big the, the buyout's like what thirty. <laughs> He's got a pretty good deal. It's, it's on a him, big yeah. buyout, so Nebraska would have to pay a, a Scott Frost buyout yeah. and a big Matt Campbell buyout as well. I don't know. I, I I like Matt Campbell. I don't know if he's worth getting right back into that cycle of <laughs> if this doesn't work, we got to owe a lot of money again. Right. I mean, it. it yeah, I guess no it, matter who you hire. It's going to be the case. It is. Even if it's Urban Meyer and you say, you know what? We don't care. It's going to be beer and hookers for everybody. Mm. And we're going to win. And he doesn't. And you're like, well, crap. Now we got $40 million we got to pay out. Yeah. Anybody could fail as well. Yeah. But I, the, the, the Matt Campbell, I'm underwhelmed with Matt Campbell until he goes 10-2 and two and, you yeah. know, we're in a New Year's Six Bowl. Right. Uh, they won or, the Fiesta Bowl a few years ago. Yeah. Or we're 11-1 and one and we're in the playoff in a 12-team play. I mean – it's it's possible he has a proven track record at a power five school that's the thing that means something to me from who our next head coach hopefully will be that said the guy that's currently our head coach will have head coaching experience yep only nine games of it in a power five league but again if he proves himself I, i i don't know that we look much further well you're talking about a great salesman in mickey joseph that will have a lot to sell too you're building a new $150 million athletic complex that's going to be probably the best in the entire country. He could sell to that. I think Nebraska's going to have $10 million in a name, image, and likeness pot. If they don't already have it, they're going to have it soon. I think the way you're going to build teams is what Mel Tucker did at Michigan State last year. You take 20 transfers. Maybe it hasn't worked out on the defensive side of the ball for Nebraska yet, but I think it has worked playing older players. Uh, for Nebraska at times. So I think to, we, we, we think Nebraska is so far away, but I think with today's world of college football, the right coach, a little development, the right quarterback, uh, you know, maybe it's as simple as just, you know, having the right voice, a new voice in the locker room. And I think things can change very quickly. Mel Tucker has proven that at Michigan State. I don't think it has to take another 20 years for Nebraska football. I think it could take – one or two. And his pass defense, by the way, was porous, awful last yeah. year at Michigan State, too. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be all fixed in one year. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I think that you, you take older dudes, which makes me feel a little sad for the high school kid now. 
Because if you're a three-star, a two, you know, marginal three-star guy, and you need to add 30 pounds and get in the weight room and develop the old Nebraska way, I think there's still going to be opportunities for those guys in Nebraska football. But you've seen it more and more. We're going to go with the older, experienced guy from Alabama that has, you know, that started before. The guy that we can trust to put in and has a culture behind him. Maybe it's not our culture, but it's a winning culture. And you can cherry pick those guys more often, I think, throughout college football. And I think Mickey wouldn't hesitate to do that. He's done that with Trey Palmer to a certain extent. Uh, he's not hesitant to go that's after his, LSU guys. That's his whole wide receiver unit is a yeah. bunch of guys he picked yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, I, I just think uh, Nebraska football seems far off. And I, I know there are some, and I heard Jay Foreman say, I hope everybody shows up for the Oklahoma game. And, and oh, yeah. you can you can tell that there's some worry in his voice that this is this is going away. It, could be going away very quickly. I think, actually, it encourages me a little bit. I, I Not th- that I like coaching changes. I hate them. Because um, I thought, like everybody else, Scott Frost is the real deal. Nebraska's going to win you know, the Big Ten championship once every five years for sure. And they're going to play for it every three. One every three. Yeah. And they're going to win the division all the time. You know, that type of thing. They haven't been to a conference championship game in 10 years. No bowl game in the entire Scott Frost era. I just would not have believed any of it if you would have told me that. How much did you guys, uh, I guess, obviously it's not our money, but I, I was um, really circling on October 1st. I thought they were gonna. Um, I thought that was the point of the whole experiment, uh, was to wait and save that money. Like you said, they're, they're building a, a, a brand new complex. I mean, so m- maybe the, the TV money there, they didn't expect that. Um, so the money's there. I don't know how, um, but either way, they're not too worried about um, it. Um, but how much do you think that this move to, to me? Because it does it rejuvenates my interest in Husker football. They've got this. They've got a conference slate. That they've got to sell out if they want to keep their home games. Um, uh, you know their their sellout streak going. How much of this Mickey Joseph this move now, uh, as opposed to October first? Do you think had the sellout streak in mind, or just the general interest of Husker football fans? I think it was the sellout streak. I think it was uh, probably a booster saying. Hey, you know what? I'll pay the buyout. Let's yeah. just do it. Um, I think that bye week from Oklahoma to Indiana would have been really, really long uh, with a guy that, you know, let's face it, he was a dead man. He wasn't going to be the football coach right. at Nebraska any longer. And to wait till October 1st to save $7 million when you're making $100 million on a football contract and you have maybe somebody willing to step up and pay the buyout, it might be worth more. And what Trev said was, I wanted to, you know, be faithful to these kids. I didn't want to give up on these kids. I wanted a new voice. And maybe, you know, we all thought that this team could win six, seven games before the season. Why do we suddenly believe they can't now? Uh, Maybe with a new voice, they can. I mean, let's face it. Trev, even in the contract, said this is probably not going to work, but let's do it anyway. (laughs) Um, I don't. And he called Scott a good coach. And I think he is for the right team. I mean, it certainly was at UCF, but it never worked at Nebraska, which is just baffling to me. But I, I do think this could work under Mickey, it's, but it's going to take a little bit of luck. Let's be honest. It's still going to take a little bit of luck for this to work. If there's a program that deserves a little bit of luck, though, I, you know, granted, it's, it's been some coaching decisions and it's been some player miss, uh, you know, not taking care of business, punters punting it to the yeah. wrong side of the field. I mean, but at the end of the day, one-score games, all that type of stuff, there has not been a lot of luck that has been good for the Nebraska football program. 
maybe he gets a bounce. Maybe and, he gets a, an unusual yeah. play that somehow, some way benefits us. And we're in the game with Oklahoma that gives the kids the confidence to, to make a play they couldn't have made without that confidence. And all, the upset happened. Yeah. I mean, it, do for luck and then being able to take advantage of the luck, two separate things. Yeah. But I think we're due. If you're going to use the luck thing, <laughs> um, I'm in. I think we have Sean Callahan coming up of Husker okay. uh, on one now. Uh, on one is where Sean Callahan who was Steve Sippel, uh, by three, the way. On three. On three. Sorry. Uh, no, yeah, you're right. It yeah. is on three now he's writing uh, for. It's, it's going to take me a while to get used to that. Everything's switched. It's gone upside down in the world of uh, beat writers of Nebraska football. John or Sean Callahan will join us here in just a few minutes of On 3, and we'll talk to him coming up. This is the Sunday Rewind on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back to the Sunday Rewind. Tom Stevens here, Mike Melby there, Jake Bachhoven sitting in. Anything going on today for you guys? Uh, what brings I you by the station? Like You've been here a while, right? Since the news been. broke. When did the news break uh, today, I Scott Frost? I think we Frost? started on air around 1. It probably one o'clock. broke around 12, 12.15. Yeah. Uh, and this guy, Sean Callahan of the Husker Online, of course, the On3 Network, uh, was at the press conference earlier today. Uh, when you first heard that Scott Frost was no longer the coach of Nebraska, what was, your, what was the first thought running through your head, Sean? today mainly by from what i saw last night in the game and you know that was the most yards ever allowed by nebraska memorial stadium in school history 642 yards it surpassed the 2017 ohio state game with mike riley's final year and it just something about it didn't feel right i ended up believe we left off about 2 30 in the morning went to church quickly this morning and i said i'm going in the office right now i just have a feeling something's going down and i got word about noon um, that that he had been let go and Mickey had been named the interim head coach. And, you know, we, then from there we were just waiting. And obviously the university put it out, I, I think, at 1237 or something. Um, it's kind of when, when it came down the pipes. Um, but you, you look at it, and, yeah, I think we looked at that $7.5 million and, and the extra money he's going to get. And it should never really now be about that. I, I think the damage and, you know, protecting the image and brand of Nebraska was something Trev Alberts looked at. And, I think last night that stadium was full and um, people really want this thing bad here still. And, you know, there's not a place in the world where you'd have that many fans in that stadium for a team that hasn't won at the level Nebraska's won at, or won at the level Nebraska's won at the last few years. And I think Trez said, look, we're doing this. We're moving forward with this. Uh, we need to kind of reboot this season. And, um, you know, maybe there's a chance making get, get this team on a roll. Uh, bottom line is we're, we're, we're making a change. Sean Callahan from the Husker on from Husker Online on the On Three Network joining us here on Husker Rewind. Sean Trev has a very informative press conference. Um, what was the single biggest thing that you took out of what he said? Um, I mean that's a broad question, but I mean I, I just think the handle that he had on things like he didn't want to do this, but you know he 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 knew. It was a real possibility. I think when he took this job in 2021, he knew what he was walking into. Um, you know, the 2020 season, they were three and five, and you know they probably should have been five and three that year, if not, you know, maybe even six and two. I mean, they they, they were right there that year, and and there were some warning signs that season. And then the 2021 season, you know, all the close losses. It, it just never though felt like it took hold. I mean, it was close at times. 
Um, but it comes down to wins and losses. And 16 and 31, it's hard to look past. And um, Trev was very open about that. I, I did think it was unique and interesting that he let Coach Frost meet with the team, um, let the players and him have a moment before then he gave Mickey Joseph his opportunity. So, um, you know, that we've been through, unfortunately, a number of these firing things in our time at Nebraska. And uh, I can't recall one where the head coach was able to meet with the team. I mean, you think about Bo Pelini, after seven years of 9-10-1 football, um, they escorted him out of there, and, and he had to have a secret meeting at Lincoln North Star in an auditorium. <laughs> and, um, you know, and, and so th- this was a much better way, I felt, to handle it, to let the kids at least have a moment with their head coach because, you know, they all came here to play for that guy, and, and he, he deserved an opportunity. So I, I liked how Trev handled that. Because those things, as we know, are not easy to do. And as you know, you bring up the, the past kind of situations, and this one happens similar. It's kind of similar to the Mike Riley situation. Of course, Mike Riley wasn't let go, but Sean Eichhorst was, so the writing was on the wall. Kind of in the same time frame of the season, and I always kind of look back at that season and think, I think the university kind of gave up on that team. Whereas in this situation, I feel like this is this is rejuvenating the team and maybe rejuvenating the fan base, giving this team a shot uh, at, at redemption. Is that kind of how you see it with? with this team currently? Yeah, I mean, there's a chance. I mean, like, look at the Big Ten West yesterday. I mean, we, we saw what they look like. And, I mean, Iowa's offense is only averaging 150 yards a game right now. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. Nebraska's got a long ways to go. I mean, they're, they're giving up almost 500 yards of defense or offense a game, but they're putting up 500 yards almost on offense. So, you know, there's been some good moments of this team, but as we know, it hasn't clicked. Um, and all the phases and, and can Mickey, you know, get this group to play? I don't know. I mean, I, I, the defense, the way they played the other, you know, last night, that, that looked almost, I don't want to say beyond repairable, but they just looked lost. I mean, it just didn't have a very good feel. Um, you know, when a team like that comes in and puts up that many yards on you in your own yeah. stadium, a school record, um, for Memorial Stadium, um, you know, that, that, it's just hard to look past. Mm-hmm. Sean Callahan of HuskerOnline.com, the On3 Network. One more for you. I know you have to do your own podcast, but Trev talked about wanting a coach that understands the culture, the values of Nebraska. To me, that signaled maybe maybe he's not going to go after Urban Meyer. Uh, how'd you read into that, if anything? Oh, I think we're a long ways away from that. I mean, I, I, I just put something up here. I'm, um, you know, the, the day to look at is December 5th. That's the day players can enter the portal and the day the 45-day portal window um, moves. I mean, we got a long time now before this coach is probably going to be named, especially if it involves a sitting head coach. Um, But I would say all bets are off, and Trev knows that. He even said, look, I'm well aware of how many rumors and things are going to be out there of people that I talk to and visit with on the phone. And and he just kind of prepared everybody for – what's obviously going to be a really, really wild two or three months here. Will Nebraska be in that 8 to $9 million range per year? I think it depends on who the guy is. I mean, I, you know, if you're going – like, it just depends on what category of coach you yeah. get that yeah. wants this job. Like, you know, I'm just throwing out names. If it's a Chris Kleiman type guy or Lance Leipold or someone of that caliber, no, you're not going to need that kind of money. But – if you're going to shoot high and, and go after some of the biggest names that are being thrown out there, like the Urban Myers of the world or people of that caliber, yeah, it, it's going to take that kind of money. I mean, the market dictates itself. Sure. Um, you know, the going rate for a Big Ten football coach is probably five or six million right now, and 
if you want to get to the elite level, you know, you're eight to 10 million, as we know. So um, the market will take care of itself one way or the other, depending on who the candidate is. Good stuff. Uh, thanks, Sean. We know you got to get to your own podcast. Thanks for the time. Hey, thank you, guys. Appreciate yep. it. Uh, Sean Callahan of HuskerOnline.com of the On3 Network. What do you guys think as far as uh, you think he's right that Sean's saying, hey, it depends on who they, they target. And I guess maybe oh, uh, how yeah. much they spend. I, I guess I just automatically thought, hey, Nebraska's going to spend 8 to $9 million. But if it is a Chris Kleinman, for example, you don't need that kind of money. A five would probably do it. Well, it's just interesting, too, because then where do you put Matt Campbell in that category? Is he yeah. closer to Kleiman or Urban Meyer? And he might be closer to to Kleiman on the field, but yeah. his contract says he might be closer to Urban Meyer. Yeah. Um, so you kind of have to raffle through that stuff, too. But I hope they I hope they go big again. I, I know that, um, you know, there's been a lot of dead money, and this move today will add to the dead money that Nebraska's had as far as football coaches go. But I think you got to – you only get every – you know, even if it doesn't work, you only get five every year right. to take a swing. Take a big swing. By the way, Chris Kleinman uh, always wins seven, eight games every single year. And I know Adrian Martinez didn't look great in that particular game, but the difference between his performances at Nebraska and the performance Saturday against Missouri uh, in a Kansas State uniform is they win. Yeah. Uh, and that's cool. the thing you're looking for. I mean, not necessarily spectacular play from your quarterback. How many times have we said it on our show, Bach, that we'd like to see a boring win where a quarterback doesn't have to have a 300-yard game or run for, you know, you know, be worth five touchdowns in a given game? Yeah, I watched roughly a quarter and a half of that Kansas State game yesterday. Adrian Martinez is just a bad quarterback. I'm sorry. <laughs> he, he, the, the plays I saw, he made bonehead reads on zone reads. He, he, he held the ball when he should have, have handed it off. He handed off when he should have held. He fumbled the ball. They got it back. He missed wide open receiver after wide open receiver. He, the ball was not where it was in a catchable location to receivers to where they could run after right. the catch if they were able to make the catch at all. I, I mean, I, I, and they're going to win great, eight games. He's a great guy, yeah. but as I, I would not want him back as our quarterback. And, and no. I'll tell you right now, I was kind of on the fence with Casey Thompson first couple of games. He's played good after last night. I'm like, I, I'll take that guy any oh, day. Yeah. I, yeah, the, he's the played accurate, well. We look like a team that had a quarterback that could run a two-minute drill. Haven't had that. Oh yeah, the three rushing touchdowns yeah. too. He added that to kind of his uh, yeah. versatility. Yeah, he can run. Oh, yeah. He can really run. He's a, he's a very accurate quarterback, which I'll admit, uh, definitely admit that uh, Adrian didn't have consistency. I mean, there was always like a clunker mixed in with five good throws and one just like <laughs> where where was that going? What were you thinking on that particular throw? But I, it was nice to see him win. I root for the guy, and I'd like to see him win. And um, that's why I was excited for him that the, the Kansas State beat Missouri. Well, that's what we learned pretty quickly. You know, that was the big offseason question. Was it Frost or was it Martinez? Hey. Martinez the, the answer is yes. <laughs> yeah, well, it was both. Well, but yeah. the point, too, is is Martinez is 2-0. and Frost is fired. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but I, I mean, I, I get what you're saying too. I mean, I, I think Nebraska's got an upgrade at Casey Thompson without a doubt. I'll tell you right now, if if I, I firmly believe if Adrian Martinez would have been quarterbacking Nebraska last night, I don't think we lose by three. I think we lose by 24. Yeah. I have a get off my lawn candidate uh, nice. coming up here in just a few minutes. Let's get to break. Uh, we'll finish off with uh, get off my lawn. We'll talk a little bit more about the firing of Scott Frost and where Nebraska goes from here. Uh, but you're listening to Husker Rewind every Sunday night uh, from 5 to 7. Box sitting in with us. We'll be back with more right after this. Back 
to the Sunday Rewind with Tom and Mike. That's old school. Yeah, <laughs> no school like the old school. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back to the Sunday Husker Rewind. I'm Tom Stevens. Jake Bachoven is there. Mike Melby, former voice of the Lincoln Stars, my regular partner. We were just talking about this. Um, coaching searches. They they can be kind of fun if, you, if you're a sadist. Um, and I am a, a little bit. Um, I mean, you wasn't there a piece of you that, you know, even during the Frank Solich, because I, I, I thought, and I was one of the stupid people that thought Frank should be gone back in the day. Uh, but I didn't think you should hire Bill Callahan. And there I, there was times where I thought, eh, Bo Pelini should be fired. Uh, but you don't need to go and hire Mike Riley. Uh, we've had a lot of butchered coaching searches. Well, now, now, we thought we aced the, the one that we were sure yeah. of is the Scott Frost coaching search. Oh, an idiot could do that. We want Scott Frost. Go get Scott Frost. And that might have been the worst one. Um, but I guess I'm confident that Trev will will get his guy. I don't think it'll end up like a Steve Peterson, you know, Houston Nutt is on the tarmac. Oh, we didn't get Houston Nutt. And you're within, you know, you, and then you get panicky and you end up with Bill Callahan. I don't know if Houston Nutt would have been a whole lot better. But, uh, <laughs> but it, feels like, it feels like Steve Peterson at some point panicked a little bit and ended up with Bill Callahan. Oh. Same with, even though... Sean Icor said it was Mike Riley was his first pick and his only pick the whole time. If that's the case, you're crazy. <laughs> well, but, um, but what was the turnaround time? Like uh, four days? Um, it was his. That, that's that right. was his top guy. He had one name in his drawer because he could, that's the only name he could think of, apparently, and he chose Mike Riley. He, he tried to outthink the room. I, 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 love, I love what Trev Albert said. We're going to talk to everybody. Yeah. We're going to talk to a bunch of coaches, and if you think that that coach is going to be hired just because we're talking to him, you're crazy. We're, we're, it might be the guy, but it may not be either. I, I like the fact that Trev seems to be very open. He, he tells you what he's thinking all the time. Um, he, he told us about the values that they're looking for in a coach. To me, that led me to believe that's probably not going to be Urban Meyer on that list. Maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe we'll all be surprised. But I don't think he's going to butcher this coaching search like we've seen it butchered in the past with Steve Peterson, with Sean Eichhorst, and even Tom Osborne at times uh, hasn't always handled coaching searches very well. Very I, I don't true. think it's an easy thing to do. No. Uh, now, now he did hire Bo Pelini. That's, that's been the most successful football coach we've had. And he hired Tim Miles, didn't he? Yeah, he got Tim Miles. And he, you know, Again, the most successful Doc Sadler. Coach did, didn't he hire? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, it, it, yeah, he fired Doc Sadler. But by the way, uh, Sean was talking about coaches being allowed to either talk to players. The weirdest coaching change I've ever seen, and you guys were around for this, Doc Sadler gets fired and is allowed to speak to the media, which we've never seen before. And not only does, is he allowed to speak to the media, he's allowed to take a 10-minute intermission while he composes himself. Yeah, he was right. crying. <laughs> he was, was crying. That was yeah. crazy. That was, I'll, I'll raise you one, though. Mike Riley going to that basketball game after he'd been fired. That was so weird. <laughs> yeah, that was really weird. Because most coaches are like Bill Callahan. He's driving out there. They're, they're, they're trying to stick the microphone you know, through his windshield, and he's yeah. just like flipping them off or something. Like, <laughs> well, and, and Mike Riley as well, he shows up to the stadium on the Saturday after Black um, Friday, he's going to get fired, and everybody knows it. And he walks by the reporters, and he's like, "Well, good morning, fellas. What are you doing here?" Right. And they're like, 
yeah. hanging out. Yeah. What are you doing? And he's like, I'm going to yeah. go up and watch film. Yeah. <laughs> he was so weird. I mean, yeah, likable guy, obviously. But, uh, but the, the, that's what they're not going to hire. Somebody who's, I mean, they might be likable, but they're going to be a football coach, I think, on top of that. And I, I don't think, again, Riley was a bad coach. He was just a, a horrific fit. And that's, Bill Callahan was a terrible fit. Mike Riley was a terrible fit. Bo Pelini, even at times, was not a good fit, even though he had success on the field. Tom Osborne was a great fit. Bob Devaney was a great fit, obviously. Two different personalities. I think that you just got to get the right guy and a guy that sees Nebraska in the right way. That's something else that Trev Alberts talked about. You know, some guys can look at the Nebraska job and say, 1.8 million people in the state. That's too hard. Or they could just say, look at that fan base. Look how supportive they are. Uh, who wouldn't want what recruit wouldn't want to play there? Um, so I, you got to see this job in the right way and be yeah. really excited about it. And if that is that guy's just after the money, then I wouldn't hire him. I mean, even if he's a good coach and he's not a good fit. You know, the the one thing I thought about with the whole thing and it, different thoughts pop in your head as as you're going through it. And I'm like, you know what, recruiting. I wanted to ask Sean about recruiting and how he feels this might impact it, and it, I, I knew it was a dumb question because it's way too early to tell. It, it, we have no idea who the coach is going to be. It could be Mickey Joseph. We don't know. It could be Matt Camp. We don't know. It, it could be Urban. It could be who knows who it's yeah. going to be. So you don't know what any of these recruits are going to do or how, what kind of an effect it's going to have on them. One of, to me, one of the selling points to a recruit is last night's game. You're, you're down three in a 10-second drive to try to tie the game, and there's still 80% of the fans there going absolutely crazy, oh, yeah. rooting that team on. And you're 16 and 31 in your last 47 games. And that's not even including, that's just Frost. That's not Riley's last year. I mean, as a coach, as a recruiter to the University of Nebraska, I show them last night's game. And I say, that's why you want to play here. Because that's not going to be the situation. If that happens, that's going to be us in Oklahoma. That's going to be us in Alabama. That's going to be us in Ohio State or Michigan. Um, not Georgia Southern. Yeah, and I've, I've seen, too, like some people will say, yeah, the, the fan base is a little ugly for this or that because there's the anti-frost crowd against the you know move-on crowd. And you know maybe some words were said. Um, outside of a few knuckleheads that, that tweet at recruits or anything, I, I just think it's silly to, to say Nebraska fan base is anything less than their 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 top asset. Right. I mean, it it, it by right. far, and and it's just it can't be matched around the nation uh, for like you can say in a program to lose right. the magnitude Nebraska has lost and still have that support. It's silly to say that you know. Well, I'm embarrassed of Husker right. Nation. You can't be embarrassed of Husker Nation. It it feels like over the last couple of weeks, I, I've maybe heard it in the tone of his voice, Scott Frost knew that he was, you know, cause he yeah. said goodbye to the fans. It feels like at press conference the last few weeks. Uh, and I, I'm just wondering if he's been preparing for this for a while. If, if, if Scott Frost just knew it was over a while back and there's a part of me that thinks, why, why do you call an onside kick? I mean, what, yeah. what's going on in that guy's brain? I, I think he will coach at some point, but, this this has really surprised me the way it's ended but at that's, Nebraska. That's too part of the reason why I don't understand. Like this whole thing was not aligned with Scott Frost's strengths. Scott Frost's strengths and what got him the job right. is play calling. 
So when you just kind of put him in this role where he's kind of trying to figure out a way to affect right. things, he's a guy that historically has gotten in his own way. Right. He does it again. That's why I, I guess I'm just not as surprised that you're one and two. That's what that's what his record is at Nebraska. Yeah. And that's why I'll, this whole time I just thought that the whole idea was to get to October 1st so you could save the money. That I, I was that's that's where I was surprised today is that they waited because it just seemed like a lot went into this hail mary of a chance that this whole thing would work so that you could make it to October first. Yeah, yeah, but if if the dumpster is no longer standing because the inferno is so hot it's melted the dumpster, <laughs> you can't put the fire out, <laughs> right. or there's not any worth in putting the fire out. The one thing that I one of the I guess things that struck me the most about what Trev Albert said today was. I don't care if when we introduce the next head coach, I don't care if we win the press conference. I've said for a lot well, of years. Well, Frost didn't do that, so he didn't have to worry well, about that either. Not not, not, not recently. <laughs> but he in, won the initial in, one. In, the opening in, press conference. Yeah. And in the past, he's won press conferences. Even after losses, the way he's taken the blame or t- shouldered right. the blame and, and – there's been times he hasn't, and he's kind of thrown the players and his coaches under the bus too. But he <laughs> always – like to me, Tim Miles, I, I thought Tim was a great guy. Tim won every press oh, conference. Yeah. He just couldn't get the wins on the floor. Right. And for Trev to actually acknowledge that I don't care what you guys think. I know and my team knows what we want, or we're going to sit down um, and lay out the details of what we want in a coach. When we find it, I took from him saying – we may not win the press conference right. as I don't care what you think. I'm yeah. not here to impress you. I'm here to get someone here that is going to allow us to compete for conference and national titles. That being said, though, I mean, you're always impressed with that guy that shows up after he's announced and he wins the press conference, right? Like, but and Scott Frost did that. We're going to take what we want. I mean, who yeah, said gonna, that? That was a sh- that was a Callahan. Gonna, we're going to take what we want. Remember yeah, that one? And oh, he yeah. went, kind of won the press conference right. uh, with that. And they're going to have to adjust to us. So Scott yeah. Frost, I think we're easy as Nebraska fans to win over. Uh, Tim Miles was funny, but I mean, we're not that hard. Doc, we like Doc Sadler's opening press conference we're, we're, you ever watch uh, you ever watch uh, volleyball it's gonna be back and forth back and forth we're gonna up and down you know that type of thing um so we we've always liked we've been easy to please i think sometimes as far as press conferences are concerned tom osborne never had a good press conference he's the best coach in the history of nebraska I, football when they do the press conference to introduce the next head coach i want him to fly in on a helicopter and land at the 50 <laughs> <laughs> especially yeah. if he's an older guy that, that exactly really doesn't howard snellenberger <laughs> yep. yep yep that worked for him uh bach are you leaving us or are you sticking around uh, uh, i don't know you know we'll, we'll, we'll yeah, surprise you guys we've got another hour to do hey my vikings are beating the packers uh, that's good news uh my vikings play the packers i took i had to take Kirk cousins in my fantasy league because he kept I'm sorry. staring at me I, I didn't want him but he's actually performing well <laughs> Today, I, I didn't want anything to do with him on my fantasy roster, but I'm stuck with it. But we have a full hour to talk about uh, Scott Frost. Of course, he was fired earlier today as the head coach of Nebraska football. Where did they go from here? Maybe Bach will be here. Maybe he won't. But Mike Melby certainly will as we have another hour of, uh, of this Husker Rewind show coming up. Hang on. <laughs> 